Hello. Here we are. We missed a it's week. The bo- it's the boys. We do that on purpose. We try to 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 uh, to uh, what's the word for it? To weed out the <laughs> the the weaker. Uh, yeah, I see. I don't think we should draw attention to it. I think we should, you know, kind of gaslight our listeners to think, you know, that if if like we you know we did record last week and they just missed it or something, you know, we kind right. of shift the blame onto them. Right. Then you know, well, you guys did something to the system. You guys were were, were poking around. You guys were were using our our heavy breather as a uh, search engine, and you and the system yeah. came down, and we, we lost those episodes. They were up. You just you broke yeah, it. Lost content, or or you know, you guys disappointed us, so we felt like we had to you know take a little break to gather the energy in order to right make another go at it because you know. It's just we're so disillusioned. By, Maybe it's time for you guys to do your own show. Do your yeah, own. How about you guys there. record a show? Part it out. We should. We could. We listen. <laughs> Franchise heavy breather. I do. I need more podcasts to listen to. I. I just this. I, this is seriously. I just want to listen to two dumb guys talk at each other, and and it's kind of funny. That's what the podcasts that I want to listen to. And it's harder to find than you'd think. Uh, there's just not that much out there that that tickles there isn't men too he, when mario said guys yeah, he meant men men <laughs> you know physical men too extremely physical you could tell they're physical freaks also men by definition but whatever you def- define it as <laughs> yeah right I, the, I like you say like i find men to men the definitive term you know <laughs> yes but then you say whatever your de- definition is and everything's okay yeah yeah, whatever, whatever, however you define it, which I'm not going to define, but you can. And um, right, uh, you go on Twitter, you'll you'll have a conversation on there about it. Yeah, someone, someone, people will will want to share their opinion. Right. Um, but yeah, I just want to listen to two. Look, I want to listen to two idiots Boy. talk to each other. That's it. Give talk it, give about that overthrowing to Barbados. This kind of yes, stuff. that Becoming kind of stuff. New presidents. Whatever it is, yeah, I like two two guys with aspirations to become ruthless dictators. Uh, right. yeah, they seem like decent enough fellas, but then as soon as they get a taste of power, you know, the right. the the veil is lifted and you know the the mask is off and the 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 the, the true the, the horrors the horror yes. show begins. <laughs> the yeah, it's like two guys two guys that do a, a you know a podcast that gets kind of popular, but then they just find themselves. You know, yeah. they wake up one day, they find themselves ruling a country. Yeah, like, oh, you know, with a yeah. particularly brutal force. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of the premise of like, it could be like a comedy, like uh, Rodney Dangerfield is like, oh, I'm a, you know, he's like, oh, he's like the, the dictator of the whatever. Yeah. But, but instead of him just yeah, like, at first, it's like, around, yeah, it's like Rodney Dangerfield, right? Like, they, oh, yeah, we're, it's a fun, hey, it's a fun dictator. And then, and then the, the third scene is of the real horrors. <laughs> yeah, the gulags, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the killing fields. The real, uh, yeah. The, you exactly. know, the 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 labor camps uh, uh the, and then the rest of the movie is just yeah like people digging mass graves and stuff yeah mass graves digging digging you know a hole that that you know they the the person digging it knows that their body is going to be in that hole right uh, eventually it seems like that's what they're doing all over uh russia and ukraine right now like ukraine is it's like I don't know. Seems like there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of bloodshed. Uh, you know, it's but the the upside is uh, Lockheed what, Martin and Raytheon upside? are doing very well, and they oh, have a lot. Yeah. They create a lot of jobs in America. 
the profits uh, through the roof. Yeah, job creation, you know, the economy, uh, that's good. So, by the way, the show is sponsored by Raytheon. <laughs> it would be a good sponsorship. I would. Lockheed who can we? Who can we email to get a Raytheon uh, Lockheed Martin market the Martin sponsorship? Yeah, uh, Rand, the, the Rand Rand Group. Yeah, who do we? Who 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 do we got to get in touch with? Right, we're gonna change the hearts and minds. And we could have like a really cool, it's like a country song, you know. But there's a little bit of hip hip hop. It's kind of like Old Town Road, right? But, yeah, it could uh, be kind of cool. Like we we'd be like kind of the cool face of of, of we Raytheon. We get the bass player from Rush to do some of the voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get you could do like the there. intro intro to the show, kind of like the interstitial breaks. Be the face of it. By the way, <laughs> I, I, need you, I need you guys to uh, to Google image search Getty Lee right now because that would be he would be perfect for like some sort of like get into check out Lockheed Martin's new show their new their new media group starring f- number one stars heavy breather one of the podcast guys yep just the algorithm tells them because we talk so much about war and about Barbados mm-hmm. yeah they're like, like okay they must this- know a lot about Barbados. The, this guy's, you know, they're they're tapping into something that's resonating with a with you know a certain demographic, uh, right. and you know we can influence them, you know, change change their opinions on on, uh, you know the the military industrial complex or, or military budget, all that good stuff. It's good. I mean, if we said it was cool, think about how many people would just think it's cool. Like, well, maybe Raytheon's not so bad. Oh, well, yeah, Divorce. I never really thought about it. I guess I heard that they were bad, but I didn't really think about it. And now that I'm, right. you know, kind of, you know, turning this idea over in my head and now, and taking a more considered approach, I realize it's pretty cool. Right. Pretty, pretty cool. I like it. Drones, uh, fighter right. jets that like it's just, and it would just don't be Gary Lee playing Rush. Songs, but on the bass, <laughs> on the bass, fly by night. I'm gonna go down there. You know what I mean? But it's but uh, like I said, I've talked about it before. When yeah. I saw them, it looked like they. I was like, I mean, it was a little bit high, but not high enough to think hallucinate. And I was like, oh my god, they are they're lifting. They have an albino gorilla in a cage, and they've <laughs> lifted it above the stage. <laughs> and, and it's, they're just going to showcase it, like it's like that's yeah, it. You're just hovering, like you're just it's just an albino gorilla, like trapped yeah, in we a just, cage, hover, uh, hovering above the drummer. We we some guy made an offer, and you know we hey, accepted. Yeah, yeah, he's like leaving. He's like bought the stage lights, and then he sees an albi- the albino gorilla <laughs> in the cage, like next to it, and he's like, "How much for the albino gorilla?" Yeah, I'll you take know, it. It's like, yeah, kind of cool him in with the lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's got cool. We'll fit him in, but no, yeah, no. But he, that, the here, here was the, the here was the twist. It was not mm-hmm. an albino gorilla. It okay. was the drummer. He had crawled into this cage <laughs> and had lifted him above, and he played. Uh, what do you call them? Like like drum pads. Yeah, had, like sort of notes and eclectic, and it was actually really cool. And it was really like, it was very like African, and, mm-hmm. but really good, you know, polyrhythmic and cool, actually cool. And it was just, you know, Him rhythms. Yeah, playing drums, hovered. but then also some like keyboards with the pads. So it was like you know musical. Yeah, uh, but he was, he was hovering ho- over, and I was like, I was floating. Sweating. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just he was floating over the the audience. 
yeah, he's floating over the stage. Nice. And he's sweating and he's sweating, sweating. And I think part of it is like he's sweating onto the, the bass player down below. And, <laughs> and wherever the bass player tries moves, he moves towards the, the yeah. cage moves and he sweats. He wants, he wants to get that. He needs to soak it in. Yeah. His, his pores are opening up to absorb yeah. the sweat. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's as a gorilla up there, and I was like, no, that's a living human man. That's a man. That's a he's he's a rock and roll he's, legend. He's a rock and roll. I was like, it's crazy to do that. He was just like, you know, some people would be like, I wear a leather jacket. Look, my leather mm-hmm. jacket on, or like, you know, like I'm gonna wear cool boots, or I'm gonna wear a bandana. This guy was like, I'm gonna morph into an albino gorilla, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna play the drums for rock band Rush. Yep. I've never even worn a bandana, let alone morphed into a, a no. an albino gorilla. So he's just so far beyond me. Right. You know, I don't you even have the balls to wear a self. bandana. You change your mental and physical self. You become it. It's like maybe he didn't even want to become an albino gorilla, but it was no, just he what, had to. It just what you know what the what the program intended. Yeah. Did you ever did you, did you ever try to wear a bandana? In your life, I feel Try like. To rock. Did I ever wear a bandana? Yes. Yeah. When I was in sixth grade, I remember <laughs> my there was like a not like a naughty boy, but he was like, yeah, cool a guy. poser. And he was Trying like, yeah, that, cool guy. This is how you do it. And he showed me how to wear it, and I did it for like two days, and I was like, eh, this isn't me. It's not worth uh, all the trouble because you gotta like tie it and stuff. Oh. Yeah, not just that, but also like the girls were all over me and stuff and it was just like there's too much of that. I was just like I'm I'm yeah. only in 6th grade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in 6th grade. I can't handle all this poontang. Please. Yeah. That's what you said. But yeah, no. I, I don't know why. But I remember I met my friend who was later in my band and uh and I made fun of him because because other kids did and I thought that that was cool. <laughs> and but he was awesome. He was at the table and he was wore all military fatigues, mm-hmm. and uh, true story. And this is like sixth grade, and uh, he was wearing, you know, so he was like that kid. You know, people were just like, and this is the eighties. This is nineteen eighty six. So, yep. If you can imagine, people are like, you know, very specific in like doing something like that in the Midwest is just like, oh, this guy's an outsider, yeah, a weirdo. He's, and so he was. Somebody was like, "Go say where's the war to him," and I was like, "Okay." And I went up to him and I was like, where, I was like, where's the war? And he looked at me and he's like, well, actually, right now in Afghanistan, he's just talking about it. You know what I mean? Like nice. giving actual facts about the war. And I was like, damn. But the best part about this kid, Caleb, who I was in a band with later, is, was he was the only person that we ever knew of called in a bomb threat into okay. the junior high school. <laughs> and it was just lit. that next day when we went to school, it was just everyone talked about it. Caleb called yeah. a bomb threat, got bomb threat, and he got arrested. How, how did he get caught? They tr- they trace his call. They just traced the call straight to him. You know his oh, house. Oh man, yeah. I he, think someone did that. Should have been school, more legendary after that, but it was. Yeah, awesome. you got to you got to call from a payphone if you're going to do that. I think that's the trick. Right. Little little hit, little tip for our we were, listeners. I don't know how old are you when you're sixth grade. We were 12, 13, So yeah, twelve. I'll do it. That'll do it. Eleven or twelve, yeah. Ship him off to prison. Where's the war? You know, Vietnam actually still. There's prisoners of war there. <laughs> you know, like he's that still, that movie. We're still he, occupying. We have military they bases. Keep them in cages in the water. That's their imprisonment. Mm-hmm. They're reason. trying to trying to build the next John McCain for us. We gotta we gotta get 
14 of the most handsome boys to come over and try to <laughs> get them out of their cages. Yeah, where's yeah. John McCain when you need him? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna if if you and I were rulers, we would we would mm-hmm. enlist the draft and and we would get Meghan McCain. She would star. She would do the leading role. She would head the forces into Vietnam, back into Vietnam. Yeah, make her like the I don't know what's what's the highest other than the president, the second level of the highest military, like a the admiral, general, whatever, right. like the person that's like top down. They can you know call the shots. Like make her that. But like, right. make sure that she she's, she's on the ground too to like inspire the troops. It's we're going. She's like, I would say we shouldn't go into Vietnam and invade. And like, it, it's already in the books. <laughs> it's too hard. The we you can't you can't uh, you can't reverse yeah. this. You can't unring this bell. This is happening. We're doing you. This. You now will be there. Now what do we do? <laughs> now what do we do? What is your plan, Admiral? What is your plan? You know, please, I, 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 I host a show. Please, I please don't. Please, this is millions of people will die if you don't make personality. Yep, she's got to do it. She got to uh, yeah, put no, together. I embraced you know, it. I didn't realize it, how good it would feel to go in there. It feels good to be responsible for for the myself. death of others. Yep. His dad, her dad, was the best because he was like he didn't have to go. He was like he. He chose he made it. He paid his way to go. He's like, I'm gonna go in there, and do some go. stuff. Oh, I could hang out at home, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to go kill some beep, I mean, because that's I what understand. he called him. I mean, he probably was disillusioned, and you know, I don't know. People were, you know, people, people, you had the PTSD, and like you kind of keep keep that that wave, you know, the crest rolling. I guess. Yeah, my dad dodged the draft like a normal person. You yeah. know. Don't want to go there. My dad, my dad was too rich. Just, I mean, insanely <laughs> rich. Yeah. No, my yeah, dad just got lucky. Yeah. He didn't have to go. Yeah. But yeah, I was just talking to a friend of mine whose dad went and you know has some some problems, but like pretty normal. But like clearly has some stuff from Vietnam. I mean, yeah, uh, it's I not think. good. For- it's not good for you. I don't think you're right. doing yourself any favors. That's why when we go into Barbados, our yeah. troops will be treated like royalty. They will get a spa day every other day. You know what I mean? Man- be cool, mandatory cool pedicures. You got to like stick your feet in the little pool where the fish eat you. Eat, fish, eat your dead yeah. skin. We saw that when we were in, uh, we went to Los Cabos. Uh, when you're like walking on the the boardwalk or whatever, the marina, there was like little kiosks where people were just sticking their feet in the the tub and the fish reading them. Okay. And, and I was like, Oh, I've never seen that before. And my wife was like, yeah, cause it's, it's illegal in most places now because it's unsanitary right. because you can't clean the fish. And so if they like get infected with a fungus from one right. person and then they're just, they just plant it onto your feet next. Right. So it's just disgusting. Like, fungal yeah. transfer going on and so i, I you know i wanted to try it extreme it's going to be a new new uh like that show fungal transfer new it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna you know breed into this face eating yeah uh, but i but I, the thing is it's like it's it does feel nice when those little fishes and they're eating all that white those because once your your feet get into the water like those white bits start happening yeah and they see them and they're like that's dead that's dead meat 
because you know? <laughs> they can't change the water out. You're just sticking your feet no. into someone else's foot water. No, but but they don't on purpose. It's like a like a deep fryer, like you know some of those deep fryers that where they just they just filter the oil, and it's like we've been using the same oil since the same oil. It's the same thing. It's like, this water is oldest. The man says, water, this water is the oldest. And then he pushes you in, into just there. And before murky. you can even get out, your shoes are off and those fish are swarming your feet. <laughs> Feasting. Yeah, just dark brown, uh, murky yeah, water. I do not like. The thing Nasty. is, uh, my, my, if, if they if they got in there, they would taste and they, would, they wouldn't be able to stop with me. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? They're not going to stop with the dead skin. Yeah, they're going to keep going. Start warming oh, their way into your, your arteries. Like him, just like why? Why do I feel the need to lay eggs right now? <laughs> oh my even, God! I'm gonna lay my eggs into him. It's not even the breeding season, but they're they're somehow the, the your skin is, is activated off and in, in, <laughs> right in the wound. Oh, what's happening? <laughs> that triggered their uh, uh, response, a physiological yeah. response in them. That is the scientific, that's physiologically how that would work. I would that's imagine. how it works. I think so. It makes sense. You know, fish eats a certain kind of dead skin. All of a sudden they go. Oh, it makes it horny. It's like, horny oh, it's is triggered some sort of <laughs> horny pheromone. <laughs> My feet emit a horny pheromone oh, no, for sir. fish. Oh, no, sir. The man tastes like, are you, have you recently eaten bananas? You know, or like, <laughs> oh, no, sir. Are you wearing a Calvin Klein cologne? <laughs> I am. Yep, it's over. Oh man, I got this idea that I, I uh, for you that I, I think we could do. It's a, uh, it's uh, an idea for a restaurant called Fence, and okay. the whole concept is, in order to get in, there's a fence with a hole under, you know, like where you have to push, push the, and you got to do it right where you like, you know, those 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 prickly pieces are going to get you. Oh, like a, like a chain link. So you're kind of like, fence, yeah. you're kept to like scramble under it. Kind of, you got to scramble under it. And that's how you get in there. And I don't really have much of the else worked out, but that's the, <laughs> there's like the thing, fence, some detritus, like garbage and like a banana peel or something. You have to kind of squ squiggle past, yes. uh, yeah, getting exactly. dirt on your knees. And then you, yeah, you, like you kind of stumble on some, uh, like, uh, some boxes as you, yeah. And as then you you're, you're you're panting as you you emerge uh, out of breath, and then they they seat yeah. you. Yeah, then, um, then they they seat you. Yeah, because it's like what's it? Oh, it's a speakeasy. It's like oh, this is a crappy basement bar. We'll go, Curtis. Wait, you're, we're gonna put a phone booth and we're gonna build a false wall with a phone booth anyway. Did you ever notice that hole in the the like the shrubbery oh, yeah, near, near my house uh, in Portland? <laughs> Wait, the shrubbery. <laughs> like, like at the end, you know, I lived on. It was right yes. where the Albina, oh, yeah, where yeah, Albina yeah, ends, yeah, 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 yeah. and you, you go like to if the you were end. to take a right out of your house, take a right yeah. out of your house, and there it was comes that to a T. There's a hole. Yeah, it's a yeah, T, yeah, yeah. and there's a hole, and you would see people yeah. emerging. Emerging, and, yeah. Well, it was a drug and, thing. And leaving. Yeah, it was like a drug thing. It would go to someone's backyard, but it was yeah. just, yeah, I was like, oh, there's the you know the hobo lair or whatever. People right. would crawl. They wouldn't go through the gate, the door. I'm sure there was a gate on the the fence, but they would crawl through the hole all the time. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Pretty good old pretty good stuff. You, it's probably still there. You could probably go visit it. If no, you no, I drove by. It had, no, it hasn't been there for a long time. <laughs> it's gone. It, it, it was gone when you, when you guys lived yeah, there. Yeah, no, it was gone. But it, it was there for a long time. But it's really funny because because there was that hole with the guy. You'd see the guy coming out of it or whatever, and it was like clearly a 
drug and people doing stuff. And then like yep. not even a half a block away, there's like a huge chalkboard type of thing that somebody put up with all these like and it's like tell us how you feel like what's your story you know what's your story about oh, the yeah it was like like not even a block away it was like yeah. on the same street of like like the community like, board Here's my story like, i've been selling drugs in this neighborhood for 25 years i just crawled out of the hole scrawled yeah. in chalk. Just, i'm relegated to this now <laughs> i emerged from the hole emerged from the hole to sell you Kratom to sell you Kratom from the future. I went, I took a time machine and found a drug called Kratom. You're going to love Kratom. it. Kratom. Take it with a little bit of Ritalin, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I took Kratom. My friend was like, take it, take it, take it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take it. And I took it. And I was surprised how druggy it feels. I felt kind of druggy. I felt, first of all, I felt upper stone. It felt a little like Adderall-y. Yeah, it kind of peps you up a little bit. And I was just the- like... And definitely some 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 uh, euphoria, yeah. But it was still sort of like you know, I was surprised at how I thought it would just t- feel a little more natural. <laughs> yeah, no, sense? it's just a drug that is somehow not illegal yet. Yeah, like I imagine. I mean, I took like four pills or five pills. I don't remember how many. Whatever I took, but I remember. Yeah. But he was like, I took seven or ten. I, remember, I imagine he was like probably. I don't know. You know, like how you feel, whatever. Yeah, he's having a good time, Drugged I guess. In, uh, no, ju- not judging at all. About no judges. Stuff. Not judging. Seriously. Go to town. Have fun. You only, you only I die do all once. kinds of stuff. I screamed at God today. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. Anywho. And that's it. Well, I guess that's it. I think we, that was it. Wow. <laughs> last note on the, you know, we have our list of things. <laughs> Mario just talk turned about. pale. I was like, huh? <laughs> I guess the show's over. Are you okay, buddy? No. We're getting old. I'm going to be 50 soon. I remember when we first started talking, doing the show, I was like joking around about being 55. Yeah. Whatever. Now it's happening. It's coming up. <laughs> D- double ARP. Then what? Triple ARP. Speaking of uh, Lockheed Martin propaganda, we just watched um, the the new Top Gun again, which is pretty good uh, yeah. Lockheed Martin propaganda. But one moment in the movie that I, I don't think I don't know if I caught it the first time, but he's got his motorcycle and he's got the like no fifty five bumper sticker on it. They show oh, really? like they they zero in on it as he like drives off. And I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Was pretty cool same Hagar reference. Pretty cool Hagar. It's reference. also a reference to. Uh, <laughs> To uh, David Miscavige's wife, it, 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 it's, it's a little hint. It's, it is not in building number fifty-five in the basement. It is not yeah. hidden. She is not hiding there. <laughs> I can't drive, Sammy Hagar. That is cool. I mean, now I'm going to watch it. Now I'm going to watch the movie. Check I it out. Check it just for the bumper it. sticker. Yeah. Yeah, just for that. Fast yep. forward, just the YouTube clip. Fast forward to the part. Anyway. Uh. We'll see you next week, right? Yep. We'll is this, be back. this isn't the Patreon. I, mean, I, think I don't so. think so. Okay. This is the free one. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Thank you for for you, tuning you, in. You, tell your tell your friends. Uh, yeah. So so look at our Patreon then. Yeah, look That's at our I'm Patreon. Saying. We have so a, we, and, we, and I don't know if you were listening at the beginning of the show, but we do mention it. You're locked in. We have gotten a hold of your credit card information. Yeah. 
we have like i think something like 200 episodes on there it's insane uh so yeah so go check it out if you want to you know it's 200 episodes poison your brain (laughs) content poison your family yeah put on the 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 hi-fi just gather around it with hot cocoa hot cocos popcorn see you next time corn on the cob all right we'll see you next time bye
Jeffers had reached his limit. It was now mid-August. Jumenti had been separated from Marsha for more than two months. Two months, all he had to show were three dog-eared letters and two very expensive long-distance phone calls. True, when school had ended and she'd returned to Wisconsin and he to Locust, Pennsylvania, she had sworn to maintain a certain fidelity. She would date occasionally, but merely as amusement. She would remain faithful. But lately, Waldo had begun to worry. He had trouble sleeping at nights. And when he did, he had horrible dreams. He lay awake at night, tossing and turning beneath his pleated quilt protector, tears welling in his eyes as he pictured Marsha, her sworn vows overcome by liquor and the smooth soothings of some Neanderthal, finally submitting to the final caresses of sexual oblivion. It was more than the human mind could bear. Visions of Marsha's faithlessness haunted him. Daytime fantasies of sexual abandon permeated his thoughts. And the thing was, they wouldn't understand how she really was. He, Waldo, alone understood this. He had intuitively grasped every nook and cranny of her psyche. He'd made her smile. She needed him, but he wasn't there. The idea came to him on the Thursday before the Mama's parade was scheduled to appear. He just finished mowing and edging the Adelson's lawn for $1.50, and I checked the mailbox to see if there was at least a word from Marsha. There was nothing but a circular from the Amalgamated Aluminum Company of America inquiring into his own needs. At least they cared enough to write. There was a New York company. You could go anywhere in the mails. Then it struck him. He didn't have enough money to go to Wisconsin in the accepted fashion, true. But why not mail himself? It was absurd to see he would ship himself parcel post special delivery. The next day, Waldo went to the supermarket to purchase the necessary equipment. He bought masking tape, a staple gun, and a medium-sized cardboard box just right for a person of his build. He judged that with a minimum of jostling, he could ride quite comfortably. A few air holes, some water, and husband made snacks, and it would probably be as good as going tourist. By Friday afternoon, Waldo was sent. He was thoroughly packed and the post office had agreed to pick him up at 3 o'clock. He'd marked the package fragile and as he sat curled up inside resting on the foam rubber cushioning he thoughtfully indicated, he tried to picture the look of awe and happiness on Marsha's face as she opened the door, saw the package, tipped the deliverer and then opened it to see her Waldo finally there in person. She would kiss him and then maybe they could see a movie. If he'd only thought of this before, Suddenly, rough hands gripped his package and he felt himself borne up. He landed with a thud in a truck and was off. Marsha Bronson had just finished setting her hair. It had been a very rough weekend. She had to remember not to drink like that. Bill had been nice about it though. After it was over, he said he still respected her, and after all, it was certainly the way of nature, and even 
don't know, he didn't love her, he didn't feel an affection for her. And after all, they were grown adults. Oh, and Bill could teach problems. But that seemed many years ago. Sheila Klein, her very, very best friend, walked in through the porch screen door and into the kitchen. Oh God, it's absolutely morning outside. Ah, I know what you mean. I feel all icky. Marsha tightened the belt on her cotton robe with the silk underage. Sheila ran her finger over some salt grains on the kitchen table, licked her finger and made a face. I'm supposed to be taking these salt pills, but she wrinkled her nose. They make me feel like throwing up. Marsha started to pat herself under the chin, an exercise she'd seen on television. God, don't even talk about that. She got up from the table and went to the sink where she picked up a bottle of pink and blue vitamins. Want one? Supposed to be better than steak. And then attempted to touch her knees. I don't think I'd ever touch a daiquiri again. She gave up and sat down, this time near the small table that supported the telephone. Maybe Bill will call, she said to Sheila's glance. Sheila nibbled on the critical. After last night, I thought maybe you'd be through with him. I know what you mean. My God, he's like an octopus, hands all over the place. She gestured, raising her arms upward in defense. The thing is, after a while, you get tired of fighting with him, you know. And after all, I didn't really do anything Friday and Saturday, so I kind of owed it to him. You know what I mean. She started to scratch. Sheila was giggling with a hand over her mouth. I tell you, I felt the same way. And even after a while, she bent forward and whispered, I wanted to. Now she was laughing very loudly. It was at this point that Mr. Jameson of the Clarence Darrow Post Office rang the doorbell of the large sticker-covered frame house. When Marsha Bronson opened the door, he helped her carry the package in. He had his yellow and his green slips of paper signed and left with a 15-cent tip that Marsha had gotten out of her mother's small beige pocketbook in the den. What do you think it is? she asked. Marsha stood with her arms folded behind her back. She stared at the brown cardboard carton that sat in the middle of the living room. I don't know. Inside the package, Waldo quivered with excitement as he listened to the muffled voices. Sheila ran her fingernail over the masking tape that ran down the center of the carton. Why don't you look at the return address and see who it's from? Waldo felt his heart beating. He could feel the vibrating footsteps. It would be soon. Marsha walked around the carton and read the ink-scratched label. Oh, God, it's from Waldo! That schmuck, said Sheila. Waldo trembled with expectation. Well, you might as well open it, said Sheila. And both of them tried to lift the staple flap. Ah, You must have made it shut. They tugged on the flap again. My God, you needed power drill to get this thing open. They pulled again. Can't get a grip. They both stood still, breathing heavily. Why don't you get a scissor, said Sheila. Marsha ran into the kitchen, but all she could find was a little sewing scissor. Then she remembered that her father kept a collection of tools in the basement. She ran downstairs, and when she came back up, she had a large sheet metal cutter in her hand. This is the best I could find. She very upset. Here, you do it. I'm gonna die. She sank into a large fluffy couch and exhaled noisily. Sheila tried to make a slip between the masking tape and the end of the cardboard flap. The blade was too big and there wasn't enough room. God damn this thing, she said, feeling very exhausted. Then smiling, I got an idea. 
once and just watch that you're touching a finger to an enemy. Inside the package, Wanda was so transfixed with excitement that he barely breathed. His skin fell quickly from the heat, and he could feel his heart beating in his throat. It would be soon. Sheila stood quite upright and walked around to the other side of the package. Then she sank down to her knees, grasped the cutter by both handles, took a deep breath, and plunged the long blade through the middle of the package, through the cardboard, through the cushioning, and right through the center of Waldo Jeffers' head, which split slightly and caused little rhythmic arcs of red to pulsate gently in the morning sun. <laughs> 